This is 105.9 The Region with your stories. The good news in our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, and beyond. This is good to hear. The CNE gets underway this weekend, and one of the big stars that you might be hearing about is a 14-year-old from Newmarket, Ashika Reddy, who's going to be part of the CNE's Rising Star Competition Youth category, and joins us today. Uh, well, Ashika, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Fine, thank you. Uh, tell us about your journey to becoming part of the CNE's Rising Star Competition. How long back did you start building up to this? Um, well, actually, I I have been singing since I was six years old, but I really started taking it seriously since I was 11. And I remember I've auditioned for the CNE Rising Star um, ever since I was like 12 or 13. So this year I finally made it, and I'm so excited to be able to actually participate in a competition. Now, a lot of people might know you because we've played some of the music, Girl Power. It's a Juno-nominated teenage pop group. And you're going to be, though, belting out a song from Whitney Houston. Which Whitney Houston song are you going to perform at the competition? I will be performing I Have Nothing by Whitney Houston. Fantastic. Uh, but now, how how much preparation goes into this? How much thought goes into this is a song I'm going to do? Like, what made you choose that Whitney Houston song out of all the songs for the competition? Um, well, when I first heard that I would be performing in the competition, I, the song just kind of popped into my mind. Like that was the first thing I thought of because, um, actually this past couple of months, I felt like I wasn't really challenging my voice enough. So I wanted to choose something that would be extremely challenging for me to do. So I could like actually learn, um, new, new ways to sing and new ways to belt or, you know, cause obviously the song is very difficult to sing. So I wanted to challenge myself. And if you want to, what would it mean to you, Ashika? Um, I think it would mean that like all of my hard work would have paid off. And it would also mean that it, winning the competition would just be like a step closer to reaching my dream or my goal to become like this, uh, a big singer, this big artist. And I feel like the rising star is a really great stepping stone. That's awesome. Uh, speaking to Ashika Reddy of Newmarket, a York region, going to be taking part in the CNE's Rising Star competition. Um, you sing, you dance, you write songs, you play piano. Music, obviously, is a big, big part of your life, but there's more yes, to it in your life than music. You're also into painting and sculpting and the arts and playing basketball. You lead a very busy life, Ashika. Yeah, I do. And do you have time to do other stuff? Um, well, I think it's all about time management. Uh, I can thank my mom for that. She helps me a lot, but, um, I love to do everything that I could, you know, that's kind of what my mom always tells me to do is that whatever you feel like doing, you could do it. You know, there's time for everything. And, um, honestly, you only live once, so might as well just try everything. And yeah, so it's very much just a lot of time management and blocking out my calendar for different things. <laughs> I love your attitude. Uh, speaking to Ashika Reddy from Newmarket, she'll be going to Aurora's Cardinal Carter Catholic High School in September, a big part of the CNE's Rising Star competition. You can follow her on Instagram and on TikTok. And how much is social media and the positive feedback and response you've received from friends and fans help you along the way, Ashika? Oh, definitely a lot because social media, like ever since COVID 
social media has been my outlet for like my music and for making people hear what I've been doing. So without it, like I would literally be kind of just stuck in my house, you know? So I could thank social media a lot for that because it gives me a place to kind of put myself out there and listen to everyone's feedback and grow new friends and just kind of find people that are doing the similar things that I'm doing. So that way you have kind of like a community. It's incredible. And it's also incredible to think that you have the backing of your friends and the family, like that you, you know they're there with you when you take to the stage August 26th. They almost feel like you're going to be behind the stage cheering you on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, what else? I mean, okay, so you, you start getting ready. Day of, do you warm up your voice? What do you do to get ready before you step on the stage? Do you listen to some other music? Do you listen to the song? What's your three or four steps you're going to have, Ashika, before you walk on that stage and nail that Whitney Houston song? So my process is kind of like right before I go on stage. I don't do anything related to music for like three or four hours before because I just want to clear my mind. So since the competition is around six, I I believe, um, I would like uh, warm up my voice in the morning, just practice the song a bit, you know, get it running in my head. I don't do anything super, super serious, like, like really like get into it and practice the song the day of, because I just, I feel like, um, you should just, you should be more kind of calm and like very, um, clear in your mind for to sing that like giant song. So that's what I usually do. Um, and then a few hours before, I literally just don't do anything related to music. Um, I will, like, read a book or, like, watch TV or something. Um, but, yeah, that's normally what I do. But the days before, I definitely prepare, like, a lot. I spend, like, almost my entire day just working on the song. Do you have a go-to TV show you watch to calm yourself before you go on stage? Um, not really. It's just really anything I'm watching at the moment. Is there anything at the moment people might be interested in? Um, actually, I'm watching Gilmore Girls because ah. I I start watching it every fall, so like every September or like um, late August. So yeah. That's awesome. She is Ashika Reddy. She is the pride of York region, living in Newmark and going to be going to school in Aurora. And at 14, she's going to be part of the CNE's Rising Star Competition, August 26th, singing Whitney Houston's I Have Nothing. Ashika, you, uh, I can't believe you're 14 because you're mature beyond your years. And obviously, you've put a lot of thought and effort into this. And everyone in the region is cheering you on. I hope you have nothing but the greatest success and good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good to hear. This is the good news. Hey, I'm Shaliza Backus, and our next story on Good to Hear comes from a Canadian music legend. Uh, I call him a Canadian hip-hop icon, and he's definitely someone who does not forget where he came from. And next week, he is sending Scarborough back to school. And I am so honored to be joined by the one and only Maestro Fresh Wes. How's it going? That was a beautiful, beautiful intro, Matt. Thank you, Queen. I do what I can. How are you? I'm blessed, man. Blessed. Good to be here. I'm excited about next week, Thursday, because, you know, that's where it started from, you know, Scarborough for me. You know, I love Toronto, but Scarborough is the best to me, you know? Yes, of course. And like I said, you never forget where you came from. And uh, another person who doesn't seem to forget where he came from is Drake. So I want to backtrack a little bit. I want to talk about what was going on a couple of weeks ago. You hit the stage with Drake for his uh, OVO Canadian North Stars show. How was that? It was a, a club called History. Yeah, and, and history was made that night in, in Toronto 
it was beautiful, man. Because I mean, that's that's like the you know I'm trying to find the right words to to describe. Him. That's the quintessential artist of his decade, man. Of the decade, man. He's the voice of his generation, man. And the thing is, he's from Toronto. It's one thing you being being you know us doing you know reunion shows, but when he's he's never really been a part of it like that. So when he was, it was a beautiful thing just for him to curate it and be on stage with us, man. And you know he'll tell you too. It's big up to starting from scratch who uh, did the reunion show in April. And he was like, man, I wish I was there. That's that's what I, I heard. Like he was saying, like he wishes he was there. So he took that to the next level, man. And and I'll, I'll honestly say, to me, I felt that was the greatest Canadian artist showcase I've been involved in. And I'm saying this for a couple of reasons. Maybe not all the hip hop artists were there, but neither were all the R&B or, or pop artists as well. But collectively, we've never done anything on a stage like that <laughs> with that type of collective, you know. So it was an honor to set it off. And, yeah, it, and it was great to watch Cardinal finish him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, Canadian hip hop legend. And, you know, like you said, Drake is a, an icon in the industry. But like I said, he doesn't forget where he came from. And without you and other pioneers, other music pioneers in this country, Drake couldn't have been where he is right now. And I love that he pays homage to that. And you're right. Everyone who is on that stage is a legend. And like, you know, me growing up here in, in York region in Toronto, those are the artists that we grew up knowing and listening to while we were in school. And it was amazing to see all of those artists on one stage. That was dope, man. Shout out to man, Sean Desmond, man, because he came, he came with it, man, you know, so all the artists, you know, but, but to me, like one of my favorites was, was Sean Desmond. Cause he just came on by himself and his breath control and the sequencing of the songs, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. So I called him the next day. I go, yo, you know, you murdered that, right? <laughs> I think it's safe to say he still got it and you still got it. Obviously. Thank you. Thank you. Now. Okay. Tell me about what's going on next week, Thursday at Scarborough town center. It's called Scarborough goes back to school, man. And I was inspired by this, by a couple of things. One, I got a book called stick to your vision. Young Maestro Goes to School. This is my, my, my children's book. I'm very proud of this. And also, what happened to me, hon, I went to uh, the Scarborough Shooting Stars game, and um, they honored me at halftime with a jersey. And I just felt really good to be back at home. And this is where I'm from. So, like, I always want to do, like, a back-to-school event. So how cool would it be to have, you know, you know Young Maestro Goes to School, the book, inspired me as well as Scarborough shooting stars, you know? And when you think about it, it's like, I got a star on, on the Scarborough uh, Walk of Fame, Scarborough Town Center Walk of Fame. So it's only right that um, I do something like this for the community where, you know, it's all about the kids, man. It's like, I had a great time on my come up and we want people to get, when I say people, I'm not just talking about the kids, I'm talking about their parents, I'm talking about their teachers too, to get in that frame of mind to go back to school. So it's, it's a blessing. Now, I want to say a special shout out to um, a few people, but like Road Sport Auto Group was a part of that too. Best Buy Superstore, uh, Black-owned Toronto. It's been a beautiful thing, man. Everybody who, who came along with this project. So I'll be performing. Um, I'll be doing a couple uh, pages for my kid's book, but I'll just really be giving um, props to Scarborough and really saying something that I hope will be an inspiration to the young students as well as their parents and teachers as they go forth and forward with the new school year. Yes. And if you had a message, a message for all the kids headed back to school and the parents as well, because that's yes. also a very important part of it. What would you say? I mean, for the kids, I would just say, yo, just be the greatest version of yourself, man. You know, my book, this is really, you know, 
customized for like, you know, eight-year-olds, you know, or younger, like seven-year-olds to like, maybe even younger, like, like six, five, six-year-olds to like, maybe like nine, 10. And, you know, just want to be the greatest version of yourself, man. Like the last couple of years, there were a lot of restrictions um, in terms of, uh, it impeded a lot of, of development, personal development in a lot of the children. But at the same time too, that affected us as well. It impeded a lot of our personal development as well as, as adults. So that being said, I think this, this will be a catalyst for something that we could look forward to, to just set them off on the right track, man. That's all. Yes. yes. And that's all we can hope for uh, as we head into a new school year. And tell me a little bit more about the book. Where did the inspiration come from for you to write a children's book in the first place? Well, what inspired me to write a children's book in the first place was, was this book right here. This is my first one. Uh, Stick to your vision. How to get past the hurdles and the haters to get to where you want to be. It was co-written by Tamara Hendricks and the four was by Chuck D of the legendary public enemy. And uh, your boy Drake gave me a beautiful testimonial on that as well. And, and my kid's book was co-written by Rador Milton Vanderpool and illustrations by Leon Eclipse Robinson. But I'm proud to say my brother Cardinal Official, he wrote the forward for that one as well. So I guess the first book was really like for adults. And the, and the second one was just like a less cerebral one, but more um, engaging for the for, for our primary students. But it's still got a message. And that's oh, definitely, like, definitely. Yeah. The message is put, both books are, you know, they're broken down in three sections, which is expectation, operation, and destination. And I think it's important that, that kids, especially going into the new school year, have a high expectation for themselves. Expectation is just putting that work in, homework, studying, what have you, to reach their destination. A destination could be simply be meaning, you know, doing well on a test, on a spelling test, their first spelling test out, out the block, you know. But once you reach a certain destination, guess what? There are more expectations for you. So there's more to, to come. That's kind of where I'm at with that, with those three principles. That is that is the best explanation I ever could have gotten on a children's book. I love that. Love the message behind all of that. All right. Maestro Fresh West going to be live at Scarborough Town Center this coming Thursday. Why don't you tell everyone where we can find you and how exactly the event's going to work? You got to let your backbone slide over to Scarborough Town Center Thursday, August 25th. That's Thursday, August 25th. And it's, it's going to be beautiful at the court. And I just feel blessed. I got to thank this town center, the Scarborough Town Center, for allowing us to do such a beautiful event, man. So bring your kids, parents, I encourage you. Uh, teachers, if you don't want, if you want a little, uh, a little motivation as well, uh, I encourage you to come through because this book, too, is, is, is written to, to uh, celebrate family structure as well as mentorship and influential elementary school teachers. So like my co-author, she was a, she is a school teacher. So Definitely, you know, we, we, we support teachers as well. And I'm excited that the town centers let me have this beautiful event. Oh, love it. Love it so much. Maestro, thank you so much for joining me. This has definitely been good to hear. All right. Thank you. Good to hear. We'll be right back on 105.9 The Region. Listen live at 1059theregion.com or 105.9 FM. This is 105.9 The Region with your stories, the good news in our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, and beyond. This is Good To Hear. I'm Glenn Perkins, and this is Good To Hear. Two seniors from Aurora put their best foot forward recently to help their local food pantry. Husband and wife George and Erlin Biondick walked from Front Street in Toronto to Barry City Hall. George joins me now. Thank you for taking the time to talk. My pleasure. 
Tell me about the recent event that you and your wife undertook for the Aurora Food Pantry. Uh, yeah, we wanted to merge uh, my 70th birthday uh, activities with uh, raising funds for the Aurora Food Pantry. And so what we did is we uh, walked from 90 kilometers over the weekend from uh, Toronto to Barrie. Why do you feel that the Aurora Food Pantry is that important that you needed to do this? Well, we've seen people, um, you know, Aurora is not that bad, but if you go in downtown Toronto, you can see people are hungry there as well. And I noticed our bills are kind of climbing. Well, a middle class, how much more somebody who's living on minimum wage or without a job it's you know if you have food that means your child can go to school and learn if you have food you can go and do work as well so food is critical to a survival and to and uh, you know aurora is a good community great community so uh, i can't think of a better way of helping if you don't mind tell me how old are you and your wife okay 82 and 70. Now, this isn't the kind of activity that I would imagine an 82-year-old and a 70-year-old would embark on. What kind of training or experience do you have to take on this challenge? I've been running ultramarathons for about 30 years, and I took some time off the last five years to write my memoir. And my wife picked up uh, ultra running in my absence. So I've got Canadian records, anywhere from 100 to 800 kilometers. And my wife has uh, Canadian records, uh, actually she has world records for distances from 50 to 400 kilometers. So so we've got that um, background, but since I've been away, I just, you know, I, I thought, well, this is doable even though I've been away from it. So it's a good way of starting my 70th year. From Front Street in downtown Toronto to Barry City Hall was literally a walk in the park for you and your wife. <laughs> or in the street, yes. Uh, Something like that, let's say. How much were you able to raise for the Aurora Food Pantry? The money is still coming. I must say, even this morning I found out uh, the latest number I heard is about 2000 But, uh, you know, the final numbers will be told probably by the end of the week. And any other plans that you have following this walk? Sure. Uh, my wife's got a race in Tennessee in September. I've got a race in Arizona at the end of the year. Uh, next year, we plan on walking across Spain, about 800 kilometers, called Camino de Santiago. And that's kind of a start. So I've got, for my 70th, I've got 365 days. And the other days are to be determined. Uh, I've done a lot of challenges. Uh, I've cycled down to Florida uh, on my own because my doctor said I should stop running. And I tried that. I tried the mountaineering. I tried different things, but nothing is as enjoyable as uh, running and hiking. George, you and your wife are certainly inspirations, and I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Oh, thank you for calling. That 70-year-old George Beyondick, he and his 82-year-old wife Erlin walked from downtown Toronto to Barrie to raise funds for the Aurora Food Pantry. I'm Glenn Perkins, and this is Good to Hear on 105.9 The Region. Good to hear. This is the good news. The Hamilton Honey Badgers, champions of the Canadian Elite Basketball League, and a big part of their team this year in their championship run is the pride of Scarborough, went to West Hill Collegiate. You can follow him on Instagram at smoothkj88. He's Kyle Johnson, and he joins us on Good to Hear. Kyle, how are you? I'm great, man. How are you doing? Good. I 
I am fascinated by your story and your journey. Uh, a Canadian growing up in Scarborough, you play for the yeah. Great Britain in the international stage of the Olympics, and you have yeah. played in virtually every country in the world, including Canada and basketball. But you talk about an amazing journey. You are living it. No, it's been it's been a crazy ride, <laughs> and hopefully, I can continue it for a few more years. Um, I'm enjoying it and, and loving every moment of it. But when you're playing basketball, West Hill Collegiate has a great tradition and pedigree of uh, high school basketball in the GTA. What were your goals when you left your high school basketball career? Where were you thinking you were going to play afterwards? <laughs> I was, my goal was literally to try to get a scholarship. Um, that's that's where it all started for me. I uh, I knew that some some older 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 guys I looked up to were getting scholarships and stuff at the time and. I was like, okay, shoot, maybe I can get a scholarship, go to school for free, um, get my education, and and then the rest just kind of took off from there. So <laughs> that was my goal when I was at West Hill. I didn't think I'd be uh, – obviously, you always want to play in the NBA and stuff like that. Um, but for me, I've got to travel the world and play against all type of NBA players when they play for their respective countries, and I've been enjoying it. So before we get to some of the great things you're doing with the Canadian Elite Basketball League, which is growing at a great clip, you leave Long Island University and you go on an incredible odyssey, Iceland, Greece, Cyprus, France, Italy, playing pro basketball. When you first left North America to play pro overseas, what was the initial experience like, Kyle? Well, the, my first uh, experience was with the national team in 2011. Um, I was at the Great Britain Futures team, and um, that was all younger guys in between, the gap in between the men's and, and, and college guys, and then I ended up making the men's team, and that was my first experience was was that, but then my first job was Greece, and it was like kind of like a culture shock to me, because um, I wasn't sure, like with the national team, we're traveling from city to city, hotel to hotel, but like I was actually living in Greece and, and trying to adapt to the culture and, and um, the lifestyle and stuff like that, and that was a, that was a big change for me. But um, you know, it's it's. I'm very. Uh, I'm, I, I like to adapt, and, and I was able to adapt uh, pretty quickly. And um, yeah, man, I'm I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Speaking with Kyle Johnson from Scarborough, the Hamilton Honey Badgers of the Canadian League Basketball League, and a member of the Great Britain and the national stage of the Olympics. And when you play different countries and play around the world, and you're living the life, do you end up picking up a little bit of the language on the way? Um, Italy, I picked up some because I was there for like four years on and off. Um, but for the most part, a lot of the, the people in the other countries like to practice their English with you. And I was like, okay, sure, but I probably should have picked up more more languages. Like, I always know the good mornings, good nights, and, and stuff like that. And just little things, but not. Um, I wish I picked up more languages as I uh, as I as I've been on this journey. It's all good. Now, I, I know Mike Morreale from his days in the CFL, and when I heard he was involved in launching the Canadian Elite Basketball League, I was quite excited. But to see how it's grown and the level of play and the quality of talent, I've been impressed. As you, someone who's played in so many high levels of pro basketball around the world, what's your impression of the Canadian Elite Basketball League? Oh, it's growing at an unbelievable rate. Um, the league itself, uh, the players, the talent, it's just it's growing so fast. Like um, it's kind of unbelievable to be a part of it, um, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. But yeah, like uh, Mike and in the league, they added three new teams this year, um, and there was no there's no drop off in talent. Um, you know, and it's just 
it's growing. I have a lot of friends in this league um, that have played at the beginning. Uh, some are still playing now, and a lot of younger guys coming up. And it's, uh, it's 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 nice to come home and have somewhere to play, um, and your family can watch you, uh, your friends can watch you. Because when you're away, they can't always just take a flight to come see you. But when you're when you're local, when you're home, they can come and support. And um, this stage that Mike and 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 everybody in the CBL has given us, it's uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, we're seeing photos of Drake sitting courtside at a Scarborough Shooting yeah. Stars game. Where yeah. We're seeing crowds across the country. Basketball in Canada, Kyle, has grown in leaps and bounds. And, and you you mentioned earlier, you nailed it. Uh, to have kids uh, playing basketball in this country, whether they're in the Ontario University system or go to the States and have a pro league to play in, I think that's huge. That's huge. It's huge, man. And, at the, and like, I, I mean... I was looking up to guys that were just trying to get scholarships and stuff like that when I was playing and when I was younger, high school. So now you have the opportunity to see guys that have played professionally abroad, some guys that have touched the NBA stage. Um, you know, there's a lot of high-level guys that are playing in this, and kids now growing up, they they'll have a place to play um, in the summer after home. They have a place to play in the fall. That like the game of basketball is just growing so fast, and um, you know, the opportunity to play at home or, or to watch good quality basketball at home is here. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing to see. And I know it's only going to get better. And so you must notice it as well at your level of basketball, that the quality out of the country has improved in a huge way since you started playing competitively oh, yeah. at West Hill. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Uh, the quality's um, gotten a lot better. Um, as you can see, there's so many Canadians now in the NBA um, as well. And um, the Canadian national team is, is one of the is, is, is amazing as well, um, you know. So the game is the game is going um, in the right direction, and it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. And I'm just happy to be a part of it, um, you know, in any way possible. It must. Do you ever get trash talk when you're playing for Great Britain in the national stage and you're playing <laughs> against Canada? Hey, wait, hey, you're from Scarborough. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what? Uh, no, I didn't get trash talk. Um, I did not get trash talk like for that. Um, you know, basketball trash talk is different. But <laughs> have, my 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 family, um, my roots. My dad is from the UK, um, and I have a lot of family in the UK. My mom's actually from Jamaica. I have a lot of family in Jamaica. Um, you know, and I was born in Canada. But honestly, it's it's unbelievable to have an opportunity to represent my family. Um, you know, I look at it like I represent my family here in Canada, my my family in in, in the UK as well. Um, and I'm grateful for that opportunity because it's it's given me a stage to play on internationally that not many people get the opportunity to. Um, and I'm very fortunate. Like every time I get a call, I'm I'm there to play uh, because when I when I first came out of university, I didn't have much opportunity um, as a pro because I was so young, so new. But me being able to play in the international stage at the European Championships right away kind of opened up a lot of doors for me. And and I'll I'll never forget that. I always always play for Great Britain when called upon. But Kyle, if I'm a young basketball player listening to this interview, I'm thinking about my potential journey, NCAA, Olympics, international basketball, Canadian League Basketball League. That's something to aspire to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, everything happened so fast. Like, I can't believe it's been, I'm going into my 12th season right now. It's actually kind of, uh, it's crazy. But, um, you know, I when, I when I'm done, I'll sit back and, and kind of, you know, appreciate appreciate everything. Um, but yeah, man, I've the young guys coming up and playing just take advantage of every opportunity. And and and, and there's always the NBA is the goal, great. 
Um, but there's so many other, um, you know, thing, uh, things out there basketball-wise that, that, that you can accomplish. And, um, you know, if, uh, if you want to aspire to play for another national team, then, then that's another opportunity as well. I, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Kyle, thank you so much. It's guys like you that has created such a love for basketball in this country and has made Canada a basketball country. I really appreciate the time and keep up the great work with Hamilton of the CEBL. Uh, well done. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, and, and hopefully we can uh, come away from this weekend with a championship. So I appreciate you taking the time to have me on here. Send us your good news stories at info at 1059theregion.com. This is good to hear.